Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Today's episode is brought to you by West Holm. We all know from home cooks to restaurant chefs to eating enthusiasts that the quality of your ingredients makes all the difference, especially when it comes to meat. West Holm, which is based in Queensland in the Northern Territory, Australia, is working with the land to create nature-led Australian Wagyu. They steward 16 million acres of rangeland, guided by the natural ecosystem where their cattle thrive. The result is high-quality Wagyu beef that reflects the terroir of Northern Australia and a flavor suited to complement any cuisine. West Holm believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at westholm.com slash savor. That's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M-E dot com slash saver. If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code, a lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant, AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash codeassistant. IBM. Let's create. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hello and welcome to Saver Protection of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have a classic episode for you about lembas and other food of the world of Middle Earth. And this one was such a delight. I... When Lauren brought this one up, I was like, let's rerun this one. The first thing I thought of was all of the math involved. That was the (laughs) very first thing I thought of. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. Yeah, that was an amazing find. Um, uh, It's it's so so nerdy. Um, And and we just, we're clearly reveling in it. And it makes me so happy. Yeah, this aired all the way back in November of 2017, which was when the news broke that Amazon had just bought the rights to the Lord of the Rings cinematic universe for television adaptation. Um, And coincidentally, I didn't realize this until I pitched the idea, but there was just news that dropped today um, Mm -hmm. that that series has wrapped filming Mm -hmm. and that they have a debut date of September 2nd, 2022. Whoa. Yeah. uh, And I know it, it... a couple days ago, there was a big stir because you could see some of the first photos. Yeah. Um, um, from it. 
Uh, and yeah, that's that's very exciting. I loved I've loved just kind of randomly catching tidbits of news from it of you know the casting calls or like people with strange faces and like okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm into it uh, and that's been really exciting. And then um, Lauren and I we were just talking about fandom and how interesting fandom can be. And I was a huge um, especially the movies when they first came out. I was a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Yeah. Um, but as pe- listeners know, I I love fan fiction, and Lord of the Rings was one of the very first fan fictions. Like, oh, really? I got into, and I at the time I had really slow internet, and I had a thirty <laughs> minute time period. So, oh no, I would print out fan fiction, sure, to read it later. And I printed out this Lord of the Rings fan fiction that I did not realize was seventy two chapters long, and the chapters were like. Big, they were long length. <laughs> like I would, I had to, I, I hole punched all of it and I <laughs> wrapped it in string and it was like, I, you're ma- I'm making a hand gesture you can't see, but it was, it was like a, a foot tall stack <laughs> of like eight by 11 paper. Oh my goodness, dude. <laughs> and luckily I liked it. Um, it did get really, really dark even for me, mm. but um, I just remember being like, wow, I hope I don't get to chapter three and think, this isn't. This is trash. <laughs> to the recycling bin with you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um. Goodness. Yeah. That's a that's a fandom I never really got into, but I did. Uh, I did read The Hobbit when I was in like third grade or something. Um. And got super, super, super into the books. Um. Mm-hmm. And then was so excited when the movie started coming out, which happened when I was in what was that like like middle school, high school, something like that, and. Uh, so that was glorious. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, I what a what a wonderful. Oh, and uh and and some of what we talk about in this episode happens um way before the events of the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings um in the prior eras of of Middle-earth. Um and uh it turns out this TV series is indeed about the second age of Middle-earth, which is thousands of years before the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. So so nerdy. I love it. <laughs> the second age, obviously. Clearly. is. Duh. <laughs> My dad was a big Lord of the Rings fan, and he knew, uh, like, all the supplemental materials and yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. And he would, you know, occasionally bring up something from, what was it, Simul- Simulillion? Yeah. And I'd be like, I trust you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never read that all the way through. I, like, have a copy sitting on my shelf, neglected. Um, mm, but Wow. Could always fix that, Lauren. That I I certainly could. Good. I'm not saying you should. I'm just saying you could. <laughs> it is physically possible. You are correct. It is. It is. <laughs> oh heck. Well, uh, without further ado, I guess uh, we shall let former Annie and Lauren take it away. <laughs> and welcome to Food Stuff. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're doing our second fictional foods episode. And a lot of you, probably from the title, but also you could <laughs> guess what it is because so many people requested it after our first fictional food episode on Butterbeer. Limbus! Yes! We're going to pass <laughs> the Limbus bread. <laughs> we're going to walk straight into Mordor. Uh, oh, no. So, oh, yeah, no. no. Oh, it's going to be... 
going to be harsh, but we're going to be so well fed for the journey. That's true. Yeah. Um, which hobbits would certainly appreciate. Also probably appreciating it are listeners including Kate, Erica, Crafty Viking, and Asha. Other people, I think, requested so it. Many. So many. I stopped recording names. I'm sorry. But thank all of you. Yes. And I remember a listener, I think we read the, the email, but uh, tried to make some Limbus. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, I missed that one. Oh, that sounds, that sounds great. It's a difficult undertaking for it sure. It is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Lord of the Rings is... Full of food culture. And that's where Limbus is, by the way. Oh, yes. In it's the Lord found, of... Uh, yeah. We should probably mention that for people who aren't gigantic nerds. Yeah, we're, we're just like nerds. on such a nerd level, we just assume. Yeah, yeah. But. By, by J.R.R. Tolkien. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so it's a whole book thing. And a movie thing. There was, and a TV show thing soon to come. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. The books have a lot of food in them, partially because the hobbits that are kind of the main characters are really fond of eating. Oh, yeah. In the prologue to Fellowship of the Ring, which is the first book in the trilogy, Tolkien writes, Their faces, the hobbits, were, as a rule, good-natured rather than beautiful, broad, bright-eyed, red-cheeked, and with mouths apt to laughter and to eating and drinking. And laugh they did, and eat and drink, often and heartily, being fond of simple jests at all times and of six meals a day when they could get them. Six meals a day. I remember, um, I don't know how many of you listeners had a program called AR, Accelerated Reading, or something similar at school. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you got points for reading books. And when I was in fifth grade, I read The Lord of the Rings, and I was so discouraged by how descriptive <laughs> all the food was. And I love food, <laughs> but I was like, this is a lot. It's too much. <laughs> I can't. I'm going to be quizzed on this, and I, I won't be able to <laughs> respond. There's a lot of detail in the books, m- mostly about, like, trees and running. But, and mushrooms. Maybe. but And mushrooms, yeah, there's a lot call. about. Yeah. <laughs> um, in the books, you can count those uh, six meals as breakfast, morning tea, or levensies, lunch, afternoon tea, supper, and dinner. Um, but the seven that Pippin rattles off in the Fellowship movie are breakfast, second breakfast, elevensies, luncheon, afternoon tea, dinner, and supper. I'm not sure how the two of those got supper and dinner got switched around, but... Future episode. Ooh. <laughs> Just on that. Oh, I, I think we could. There's there's a lot of debate about the meaning of these terms in, on the internet. Um, but either way, yes, hobbits like food. Mm-hmm. And the food that they like best is a uh, kind of earthy Victorian English countryside type food. The the sort of things that you can grow and cook locally from a temperate climate. Uh, you know, mushrooms, as we said, mm-hmm. bacon, beer, honey, apples, blackberries, eggs, butter, cheese, uh, bread, scones, sweet and savory pies, potatoes, <laughs> uh, turnips and carrots, uh, uh, roast meats, stews, pickles, you know, stuff like that. I might make six meals out of all that food if I could as well. I would make one meal out of all of that food <laughs> six times a day. Ooh, a hobbit meal. Yes. New trend. Yes. <laughs> In the two towers, uh, the narrator explains all hobbits, of course, can cook, for they begin to learn the art before their letters, which many never reach. <laughs> of uh, course they can cook. Of course they can cook. And... How this type of food probably came about in the books, Tolkien was born in 1892 and grew up in a sort of idyllically rural, old-fashioned hamlet near the sort of grimly urban industrial center of Birmingham. He once wrote to a fan that he was basically from the Shire and that, quote, I am in fact a hobbit in all but size. 
So does this mean that Birmingham was like Mordor? I kind of think it might have been. I think so. I that it's from all the descriptions from from the from the areas that he grew up. It sounds like wow. Yeah. Sorry about it, Birmingham. <laughs> I'm sh- I'm sure it's lovely. I've never been. Um, it, it is uh, also posited that Tolkien, being something of an English nationalist, created the Lord of the Rings universe and its peoples and languages as sort of a substitute for the unified mythology that England lacks. Um, uh, England having you know such a diverse and kind of turbulent history with a lot of different peoples. Tolkien wrote in a letter to Milton Waldman in 1951, a few years before uh, Fellowship was first published, I was from early days grieved by the poverty of my own beloved country. It had no stories of its own, bound up in its tongue and soil, not of the quality that I sought, and found as an ingredient in legends of other lands. There was Greek and Celtic and Romance, Germanic, Scandinavian and Finnish, which greatly affected me, but nothing English, saved for impoverished chapbook stuff. So uh, he decided to write some books. That he did. (laughs) That he did. And I have to say, when we chose this topic, I thought it would be simple. I don't know how you felt, Lauren. I think everything's going to be simple. I am so not simple. (laughs) I was reading Elvish lore and (laughs) so overwhelmed. And I liked Lord of the Rings. And I still like Lord of the Rings. But he wrote a lot. He did a lot of... um, of of back matter yes. for the if, if if y'all have never um, experienced trying to read like the Cimmerillion and stuff like that, yeah. there's there's universes upon universes yeah. of writing about yes this already very dense series exactly it's, it's beautiful it is um, uh, of course being an adventure series the the main Lord of the Rings though um, our hobbits couldn't always count on those civilized six or seven meals per day uh, they had to make do with what they could travel with or forage for. Though Samwise Gamgee notably brings some basic cooking supplies all the way to Mordor with him. A couple pots, a wooden spoon, a cooking fork, some salt. Uh, But yes, most of the time the Fellowship does not have time for cooking. Which brings us to Lembus. It does. Lembus, sometimes called elven bread or whey bread, as you may have gathered, is a bread created by elves (laughs) to sustain you when traveling. You know, like a protein bar type thing to keep you satisfied for when you decide to hike up Mount Doom one of those days. Oh, yeah. Or many months, many days upon days. <laughs> From the novel The Fellowship of the Ring, Tolkien wrote, Eat little at a time and only at need, for these things are given to serve you when all else fails. The cakes will keep sweet for many, many days if they are unbroken and left in their leaf wrappings as we have brought them. One will keep a traveler on his feet for a day of long labor, even if he be one of the tall men of Minas Tirith. Ah. Yeah. So it's way better than a protein bar. Way better. <laughs> and the leaf wrappings are Malorn leaves, by oh, the way. Malorn trees, uh, the, the plural of which is Malorn. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Because Tolkien, they are the primary trees that make up the forests of Lothlorien, where the uh, where the Fellowship party picks up their limbus. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're huge trees with this smooth gray silver bark, and the leaves are green on top and silver underneath. If you were wondering, they were originally from a neighboring continent to Middle Earth called Amon. Um, the inhabited lands there called uh, Valinor, inhabited by the Valar, which are sort of godlike people, and elves uh, brought the trees with them to other places from there. Galadriel herself uh, planted the seeds that would become uh, the Malorn trees in Lothlorien. See? See what we had to deal with? It's, re- it's, it's just, I was on Lord of the Rings 
wiki pages for just days, it felt like. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was a, be- it's a beautiful place to be, but anyway. It really is, yes. So. And uh, Lothlorien is where uh, the elves are, by the way, if we didn't mention that. And Galadriel is like... Is an elf lady. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, as far as appearance <laughs> goes, Lembas are brownish <laughs> on the outside and cream-colored on the inside. They were described as being sort of wafer-like and pretty tasty with a bit of sweetness. Gimli, the dwarf, claims they're better than cram, which is another thing I had to look up. It's a biscuit made by men, and it's also better than honey cakes, which are made by the Bjornings. Yes. I apologize for that accent I put on there. To confuse matters, Lembus is written as being made with corn, but probably not actually corn, but something like wheat, because Tolkien was British, and the British call corn maize and grains Corn. Oh. Okay. Yes. Perfect. Lembus also contains the uh, fruit, a.k.a. the nut of the Maloran tree, uh, which we know is silvery on the outside, but we don't know much else about. It's probably a good source of protein, though, um, and therefore a, a good thing to put in a fancy elven protein bar. Yes, and the recipe of Lembus was something kind of proprietary for the elves. <laughs> Very rarely did they share it with any non-elves. And evil or corrupted creatures, like, I don't know, Gollum, uh, they found Lembus, along with most products of the elves, as offensive. Gollum outright would not even try the stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the word Lembus comes from what we outside of the Lord of the Rings call elven, but to be more specific, the Sindarian word for waybread. Um, in another elvish language, Kenya, Lembus is called koimas, or life bread. So, yeah. <laughs> Sindarian is a, it's like a subset of elven. Elven languages. Man, we're really nerding it up. Yeah. Whew. All right. Okay. <laughs> uh, whew, uh, uh, so, uh, let's get into um, some of the potential real history basis. And real fake history. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but first, let's get into a quick word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Westholm. I'm a person who doesn't really cook with a lot of meat, to be honest, because when I do, I want it to be special. I'm the same, and I do love sharing that food with people. And I have to say, we received some product, some steak, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I am very eager to share it with my friends. Yeah, uh, Westholm sent us uh, a few of their products, and they included these gorgeous, gigantic tomahawk steaks that I, like, opened the box and immediately sent a picture to my best grilling friend, like, hang out soon. Yes, I did too. (laughs) Westholm offers these beautifully marbled steaks because they have 16 million acres of rangeland across the northeast corner of Australia, from Brisbane to Darwin. They use a nature-led approach with the belief that if they balance the needs of their cattle with the needs of their environment, both can thrive. Their cattle graze on native grasses like Mitchell grass, which is found only in Australia, and roam wild, foraging at will for the first two to three years of their lives. The result is Wagyu beef that reflects the terroir of northern Australia, and a quality that would complement whatever you're into cooking right now. Westholm believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at westholme.com slash savor. That's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M-E dot com slash savor. Dad deserves something really nice for Father's Day. But let's face it, we usually don't do it. Big gifts are for Mother's Day. 
Picking something up on the way is for Father's Day. Well, let's make Father's Day something this year with the Bartesian Cocktail Maker. It whips up over 60 premium cocktails on demand, each ready at the push of a button. And right now, you get $50 off the Bartesian Cocktail Maker when you buy one pack of Dad's favorite cocktail capsules. Dad will publicly love that you saved 50 on the countertop machine that crafts premium cocktails on demand. And he'll secretly love that you splurged on him for Father's Day with the gift of a Bartesian. Because the only thing that lets Dad know he's the world's number one dad better than a world's number one dad coffee mug is an artisan cocktail in his hand. Make dad's Father's Day and Father's Day cocktails with all natural juices and bitters without making any mess at all. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash father to get $50 off the best premium cocktail maker for dad at the best price for you. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin. Be brave in your skin. With Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash, cover your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. Olay Body is a proud sponsor and supporter of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride, raising funds and support for the LGBTQ plus community. Olay Body wants you to feel empowered to live with confidence in your own skin, not just all month, but all year long. And when you feel the best in your skin, you can do anything. So this pride glow with confidence with the help of Olay Body. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride! Happy Pride from Tomboy X! Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor, and or sorry that you're being associated with all of this nerdery. <laughs> and speaking of nerdery, oh, let's yeah. dial it up a bit. Oh, wait. What, what, yeah, what we're level going, are we already on? Oh, I know. Okay. We're going – we're twisting that knob even further. <laughs> so let's talk uh, some in-book Lord of the Rings Lembus history or what I like to call in the outline real fake history. <laughs> so in Elvish lore, the creation of Lembus goes way back – to the Vala Yavana. Vala is the singular form of Valar, which Lauren mentioned earlier, and they were these powerful beings whose purpose was to give order to the world. Yavana was one of these Valar called the giver of fruits and or the lady of the earth. And as the name suggests, she was in charge of planting and growing the first plants. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. It does. Once <laughs> the elves made their great journey to Amon. And there's a whole thing about this. Lord of the Rings fans know exactly what the great journey is, but it's a thing. Um, Yvonne brought... Uh, <laughs> they went there, believe yes, us. Yeah. Yes. Uh, they brought them special corn. Again, probably wheat uh, to plant. And this special corn most likely was and is the key ingredient to Limbus. The queen of Doriath, Melian, had the recipe first, later passing it to Galadriel along with other elves. And as we said, she was the first Galadriel to uh, plant it and give it to the fellowship. And she gave them quite a bit. How much, though? 
and How whether much? whether that would have survived for their entire journey. Oh, we're going to talk about it. We are. Yeah, there's I'm, numbers involved. There's math. Meanwhile, back in what some people might call the real world, Tolkien was Roman Catholic, and some readers have suggested that Lembus is directly influenced by the uh, by the bread or, or the wafer part of the of the Eucharist, uh, the Holy Communion. Um, you know, the whole uh, this wine is my blood, this bread is my body kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, and uh, especially influenced by the Holy Communion by the Holy Communion that's given as a part of a, a, a practitioner's last rites which is called the viaticum, and means something like uh, provision for a journey. In in this practice, uh, the viaticum is meant to ensure uh, the dying person's journey into uh, into eternal happiness. And Lembus in the stories is uh, also said to be more effective during fasting and to feed the will as much as the body. So totally, totally lines up. Uh, Tolkien acknowledged this con- connection but said that it was unintentional. Hmm. Well, back to some numbers, some science, some real-world oh, yeah, yeah. making of Limbus, if it's possible. Uh, you can find a lot of recipes for it online. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's even an Etsy store I ran into where you can buy some, and in the description, the shop owner notes, Malorn leaves not included. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Most of the recipes are for something like a shortbread or scone. Which sounds delicious. Um, mm-hmm. And they generally include nuts or nut meal, plus some vanilla and cinnamon, which most of the bakers apologize for uh, since they're tropical plants and thus, you know. It wouldn't, wouldn't be in there. Probably wouldn't be in there, but yeah. you never know what elves get up to. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, in the films, the prop for Limbus bread, haha, was similar to an unsweetened shortbread. The primary goal is to make something that looked and crumbled like Limbus um, and was also um, edible. <laughs> 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 because but, of but, this. But acting. I yes, mean. acting is key for <laughs> actors. Uh, because of this, Sean Astin, who played Samwise Gamgee, reported that the taste was quite terrible on the DVD commentary. Also in the films, Limbus was redundantly called Limbus Bread, since the introductory scene with the explanation of what Limbus is was cut out of the first film. Though, it is in the extended cut, but I, isn't everything. I kind of, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was like four hours long. Oh, goodness. Anyway, uh, it did go on to play a pivotal role in later films, notably when Gollum crumbles up Frodo and Sam's supply of Limbus and frames Sam by planting crumbs on his cloak. Oh. Trixie. So Trixie. Mm-hmm. And is there a study, Annie? Of course there's a study. <laughs> of course there is. From Sky Rossetti and Krisho Maharan, out of the University of Leicester, who set out to determine how much Limbus the Fellowship would have needed for a 92-day journey if Olympus was their only sustenance. To do this, the metabolic rates derived from a previous study were used for each of the species involved. And yes, there was a previous study <laughs> that came to the conclusion that the daily calorie consumption for a 34-year-old male would be 1,818.61 calories for a hobbit, 1,702.2 for a human, and 1,416.95 for elves. Um, From that, and assuming that the group had never got separated. Oh, okay. mm -hmm, There's a lot of assumptions here. That Frodo had never been captured. Uh Boromir had never died. Spoilers! (gasps) I'm sorry. And that Gandalf had never done his thing and tangoed (laughs) with the Balrog. Um, The Fellowship would have needed a collective 
16,147.68 calories a day to make the journey. I love the I love the points. I love that I there's know, it's so fractions. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Anyway, please continue. Given that a single piece of Limbus can sustain a man for an entire day, and taking into account the amount of time and difficulty spent daily on travel, there's a whole chart included. <laughs> there's a whole chart for this. Um, Limbus was determined to be 2,638.5 calories. Like a piece of Lembus. Uh-huh. That's how many calories are in, like, a unit. Yes. Okay. This means that to make the trip to Mordor, the Fellowship would need 675 pieces of Lembus. At least. At least. Because hobbits have big appetites. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We've talked about that. But they're small and durable, both Lembus and hobbits. But here we're talking about Lembus. So, in theory, fictionally plausible. Or plausible fictionally. Yeah. Same. It's sure. <laughs> the article ended with questions for further thought, such as the gluten content and possible side effects from living off Limbus for several weeks. I'm sure more research is forthcoming. The name of this study, by the way, is simply walking into Mordor. How much Limbus would the fellowship have needed? <laughs> oh, man. Nerds. It's great. The chart blew my mind. I also found a forum with debate about the plausibility of Limbus without magic. There's a whole nother argument there, but it's generally agreed <laughs> that it must be magic. Although someone went and bought up Clark's Law to argue that it isn't. Oh. oh. Anyway, uh, it went pretty in-depth as to the protein, carb, and fat content you'd need and how you'd make it using medieval techniques because, of course. Uh, and the widely accepted conclusion was that you'd need some elven magic or nanobots. That was the other theory. <laughs> <laughs> also, one of the comments was, Limbus is actually pizza. <laughs> and it just made me happy. I never thought about that before, but man, mm. Limbus could just be pizza. It really could be. Wow. Um, just to give you some scope here, um, if you assume that a piece of Limbus is about the size and weight of like a large cookie or a slice of bread that is like about 50 grams or so, like 2,600 calories is just an insane number of calories Yeah, for that amount of food, like even pure lard, only has about 450 calories per a unit of that size. Mm-hmm. So elven magic is what I'm betting on. Yeah. I mean, if you think the daily recommended value of calories for the average adult is 2,000. Yeah. So that's more than that in one in, tiny cookie yeah. thing. So, yeah. Elves. They're elves, great. Elves. Elves. <laughs> All right. Um, so, yeah, uh, uh, we also wanted to talk a little bit about some of the other foods that appear in Lord of the Rings. Um, but first, we're going to take another quick break for a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Westholm. I'm a person who doesn't really cook with a lot of meat, to be honest, because when I do, I want it to be special. I'm the same, and I do love sharing that food with people. And I have to say, we received some product, some steak, Mm -hmm. and I am very eager to share it with my friends. Yeah, uh, Westholm sent us uh, a few of their products, and they included these gorgeous, gigantic tomahawk steaks that I, like, opened the box and immediately sent a picture to my best grilling friend, like, hang out soon. Yes, I did too. (laughs) 
West Home offers these beautifully marbled stakes because they have 16 million acres of rangeland across the northeast corner of Australia from Brisbane to Darwin. They use a nature-led approach with the belief that if they balance the needs of their cattle with the needs of their environment, both can thrive. Their cattle graze on native grasses like Mitchell grass, which is found only in Australia, and roam wild, foraging at will for the first two to three years of their lives. The result is Wagyu beef that reflects the terroir of northern Australia and a quality that would complement whatever you're into cooking right now. Westholm believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at westholm.com slash savor. That's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M-E dot com slash savor. Dad deserves something really nice for Father's Day. But let's face it, we usually don't do it. Big gifts are for Mother's Day. Picking something up on the way is for Father's Day. Well, let's make Father's Day something this year with the Bartesian Cocktail Maker. It whips up over 60 premium cocktails on demand, each ready at the push of a button. And right now, you get $50 off the Bartesian Cocktail Maker when you buy one pack of Dad's favorite cocktail capsules. Dad will publicly love that you saved 50 on the countertop machine that crafts premium cocktails on demand. And he'll secretly love that you splurged on him for Father's Day with the gift of a Bartesian. Because the only thing that lets Dad know he's the world's number one dad better than a world's number one dad coffee mug is an artisan cocktail in his hand. Make dad's Father's Day and Father's Day cocktails with all natural juices and bitters without making any mess at all. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N dot com backslash father to get $50 off the best premium cocktail maker for dad at the best price for you. Bartesian. Premium cocktails on demand. Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin. Be brave in your skin. With Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash, cover your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. Olay Body is a proud sponsor and supporter of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride, raising funds and support for the LGBTQ community. Olay Body wants you to feel empowered to live with confidence in your own skin, not just all month, but all year long. And when you feel the best in your skin, you can do anything. So this pride glow with confidence with the help of Olay Body. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride! Happy Pride from Tomboy X! Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes. So in the books, elven food is generally described as being kind of magical, sort of unearthly delicious. Pippin remembers of one road supper with elves um, that there was a bread surpassing the savor of a fair white loaf to one who was starving and fruit sweet as wild berries and richer than the tended fruits of gardens and a fragrant draught cool as a clear fountain, golden as a summer afternoon. Draught draft. Can you say it both ways? I've always said draught, so 
I, I'm going to say yes. Perfect. I'm going to agree. That's that lovely. <laughs> that, it does. That description sounds lovely. Yeah. Um, so there, yeah, food is important to this universe, as we said. So some other nutritious slash magical foods from the Lord of the Rings universe include the restorative Entrot. Which Merry and Pippin drink in uh, The Two Towers, the second book, uh, while they're hanging out with some Ents, which are a tree people. Mm-hmm. Um, there's two versions of the draught, actually. Uh, uh, one is refreshing and makes them feel all tingly, and the other is richer and feels more satisfying. Both are clear w- liquids um, that heal the hobbits' wounds and even make them grow a little bit, despite being fully grown hobbits already. It's wow. said that because of this ent drop, uh, they are at least three inches taller than any other hobbit. Three inches? I know, that's a lot for a hobbit. They're only like two to three feet. Man, if I grew three inches... That'd be a lot for me. <laughs> That's nothing to sneeze at. I know, right? Wow. Mm-hmm. There's also the Orc Vitality Drink, which is also, also called Grog. <laughs> and Lauren. Lauren seems to be a fan of this one. <laughs> okay, well, all right. So uh, you you wrote the thing about, about the next party. That's, that's all your note. <laughs> well, I must have had a crazy party after that because I don't recall <laughs> writing it. <laughs> In in our in our notes, it says, uh, which is also called grog and needs to be at my next party. And it, it sounds more like a painkiller um, than an actual like restorative, like the Entrot. Um, it's also mentioned in the Two Towers and given to Pippin and is described as a burning liquid. When Pippin drinks it, he felt a hot, fierce glow flow through him. Um, the pain in his legs and ankles vanished. He could stand. Wow. So, I, I mean, yeah. It's more like a keep you going kind of thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. I probably just wrote that because of the name, but that sounds pretty good. Yeah. This next one looks complicated to pronounce. Miravor. (laughs) Lauren just runs with it. Miravor. Yes, obviously. That's basically the uh, elvish equivalent of mead. Um, And then we've got, of course, the uh, aforementioned cram and honey cake. Yeah, of course. You need no explanation. <laughs> oh, um, and in case you didn't know, because I, being so stolidly American, did not, um, Second Breakfast and Elevensies aren't just funny-sounding things that hobbits do in Hobbiton. They are real meals, or like snacks or refreshments, really, that real humans eat. What? Yes! Elevensies existed in America for a while, in the mid-1800s. Um, it was actually more like a late-morning whiskey break. <laughs> It was the precursor to the modern coffee break. Uh, Americans drank like a whole lot of whiskey back then, an average of half a pint per day at all times of the day. Oh, wow. Um, It comes from the English tradition of Elevensies, which is a mid-morning tea and light refreshment break. So they were doing tea and we were like, let's add whiskey? Yeah. That sounds pretty American. That sounds pretty American, yeah, especially Mm -hmm. 1800s-ish. It's not to be confused, however, with the Chilean tradition of La Once, uh, meaning the Eleven, which is a sort of tea or coffee and cold snack that's served between 5 and 9 p.m., which is probably rooted in English traditions from settlers circa the 1800s and partially, uh, possibly, as a code for let's go sneak some booze, which originated in booze-restricted mining towns. Um, the booze in question was aguardiente, uh, which is spelled with 11 letters. So that might be... Oh. I find that sort of tenuous, but... yeah. Second breakfast also is a thing that has happened in America, um, or used to happen in America. I've never heard of anyone. I've, no one has ever said the word second breakfast to me outside of Hobbit-related conversations. Me either. I've had a second breakfast. Oh, yeah. But I've never been like, I'm going to have a second breakfast. Right. Or let's all get together and have one right. as a group 
unrelated mm-hmm. to Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, although Americans picked it up a little bit reluctantly um, following European traditions. The French, Viennese, Russians, and Germans all have second breakfasts, um, which are kind of social breakfasts that are taken with uh, friends or coworkers mid-morning. In Germany, it's sometimes been called a Gabelfrühstück, uh, a.k.a. a fork breakfast. A fork breakfast? As opposed to so something that you like sit down and like eat with a fork as opposed to something that you just like grab and run with. Okay. Yeah. Also, just Gabelfrühstück is like the best word. Yeah. I mean, most German is kind of the best word. That's pretty fun. Yeah. And that brings us to the end of this classic episode. We hope you enjoyed all of this nerdery <laughs> as much as we did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and recently, a lot of you have been sending in suggestions for fictional foods or for our Food Fairy Tale series, which is also something we love. And it's been fantastic. And I've loved, like, a lot of you have sent in pictures of feasts you've made from from books that you loved or movies that you loved. And that is fantastic and wonderful. And please keep that coming. Yeah. We love doing these. uh, So we're very excited to tackle some more fictional topics. And we'll see what the show brings. Maybe we'll have to do a revisit. Ooh. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, but in the meantime, if you would like to email us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We are also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and the other one, Instagram. Yes, uh, at saverpod, and we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash covers your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized, soft and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. For the third year, Olay Body is a proud sponsor of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride and supporter of the LGBTQ plus community. So this pride glow with confidence, not just all month, but all year long. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six X visit tomboyx.com. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings.
Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com.